1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, and welcome back to the Roku Report Extra podcast. We are on the back of a 1-1 draw with Wickham. It was a poor performance, but unbeaten run still intact at home. Uh, still only one defeat in whatever it is, 16, 17 games. Still on course for automatic promotion at the moment and one bad performance in nine is not too bad. I'm off to the game on Saturday. Uh, We've got for probably the the first time, I think, in two weekends in a row, we've got Walsall at the Bescott Stadium. And uh, to join us to talk a little bit about Walsall, because it's been a little while since we've played them. We've got Joe, who's wrote for them for the Express and the Star, who probably knows a little bit more about Warsaw than we do. But how are you doing, Joe? You will.
0: I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Look, i look, looking forward to the podcast. It sounds really good.
1: Well, I can't blow my own trumpet, but we do all right. We've been doing all right recently. Um, much like the football team, it's vastly different to la- last season when I think my podcasts were a little bit on the shite side. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> From my side anyway, yeah. But I was depressed every week. We were just getting beat consistently. It was shite.
0: Um, mate, after the last few years you've been through, I don't think you can be blamed for that, can you? It's been absolutely incredible. I think everyone sort of had an eye on Sunderland over the past few years and what you've been through. I've said, I've said just t- talking to my mates and things that you can't not sympathise with Sunderland fans for the past few years, but I am, I'm glad it's turning around for you.
1: Yeah, definitely feels so. I think uh, it's been a, a very quick turnaround with the ownership and things like that. But I'm I'm looking forward to my first visit to Warsaw on on Saturday. And obviously you won't know this. The listeners know I'm um, I live in, in Glasgow, so I've got about four different trains to get down there, and I've managed to get a train that gets me into the Best Scots Stadium stop at about yeah. two o'clock. And I'm guessing it's pretty close, hence the name.
0: Uh mate, you'll be you'll complete that walk in about sixty seconds.
1: That sounds good to me.
0: Couldn't be closer, really. Yeah, you'll be absolutely fine. You'll get onto the platform, you'll see the stadium, and yeah, you'll be in. No problems at all.
1: Well, I thought, go to Walsall. It's been a long while since we've played. I thought, I'll go down. It's a ground that, you know, if we get promoted, I thought you were doing quite well, but you've dipped a little bit. I thought, Walsall, we might not go there too often, so I'll go down, tick that ground off, and then, lo and behold, the FA Cup. Two weeks in a row, isn't it? It's
0: incredible, isn't it? Um and it could have been we could have had you again in the Checker Trade trophy, you know. Um that, could have that been was that could have been three in a row. Well, three in four games or something ridiculous. Um yeah, interesting one, isn't it? Back to back. It's a bit of um just I'll just touch on that FA Cup game slightly. It's um also got this might be a trivia question in years to come, but Walsall we'll had Coventry at home um in the first round, um, which obviously they came through and they've obviously got Sunderland in the second round, but both those games are going to be at home, but the away attendance is going to be bigger.
1: Again? Okay. We did that with, I think we did that with, with Morecambe, which is, I mean, it was or Trade Trophy, but, so are, are you not expecting a big crowd on Saturday? Uh,
0: well, it's not, I'm not expecting, it's, Walsall's attendance is roughly around 4,000 every week. Okay. Uh, but when, and that's, yeah, pretty much, it's only the away attendance that really bumps it up, you see, so. I mean, I say it all the time. You have to be a little bit mental to be a Walsall fan. Literally (laughs) 10 miles from the ground um, from Bescott Stadium is the Hawthorns. I think 11 miles is Molineux. Wolves ground. 12 miles is Villa Park. So if you're going to nail sort of, if you're going to be a Walsall fan, you do have to be a little bit crazy because you could easily, no one would blame you. Everyone would say you supported your hometown team if you supported Villa or Albion or whatever. So Walsall's attendances are always sort of steadily around the 4,000 mark. But when one of the bigger clubs come, they give you behind the goal and they give you a whole stand, um, one of the side stands as well. So I'd imagine you, you'll bring thousands, won't you, and take up both those
1: stands. I know we've sold out. I got mine fairly early. How long have you been covering Walsall for the Express and the Star? It's four years now. Four years. So you won't remember the last time we played each other then, no?
0: No, mate, no. I don't even, I don't even know what it was, to be honest. <laughs>
1: So I was talking to you a little bit beforehand. I'm, I'm really lucky. I'm a bit of a stator, if I'm honest, for uh, for want of a better word. And I'm I'm a bit of an encyclopedia when it comes to lineups and things like that. But the interesting thing is the last time we played Walsall at the Bescott, there was 7,185 fans there. So slightly more than 4,000. It was Nationwide League Football 1. I don't know why I'm giving you all this information. But anyway, uh, 3rd of March and Sunderland won 3-1. Now, in goal for Walsall was a bloke who's just departed us, Jimmy Walker. Right, our okay. Yeah. Ex goalkeeping coach. For Sunderland fans, we had Mark Poom in goal. We had John Oster, Tommy Smith, and Kevin Kyle. Now, our captain that day was Paul Thirlwell. We also had Phil Babb and Jeff Whitley. So it really was, although we ended up being, I think we were ninth in the table at that point and went on to to finish third. It really was the dark old days for us. But for Walsall, I think the names I recognise here, Vinny Samways. Now that's going back.
0: He was a hell of a player for Walsall. Absolute was he a bit of a legend? Class. Yeah, yeah. I mean it is I have to admit it is before my time, but I've heard I've heard when people talk about the past, that Vinny Samways' name, he's always one that comes up. Uh, it's, it's like Paul Merson as well. He 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 always comes up. With these players that they did it didn't. It didn't really matter that they'd lost that yard of pace or even two yards of pace. Really, just that quality they had on the ball. Um, and from what what I've been told, he used to absolutely run the show in the middle of the park when he back then. Um, yeah, cracking. He was. He is a bit of a Walsall legend. Yeah.
1: There was also young Matty Fryer on the bench for Walsall.
0: Yeah, Matty Fryer. I mean, he's, he's back at Walsall now. He's he's on. Uh, is he? Yeah, he coaches um, in the youth team. Um, they thought it was about 18 months ago they thought they were going to re-sign him actually Um, and I can remember talking to one of the directors at the time he said it was like if a Walsall, that was like when when Liverpool re-signed Robbie Fowler it was sort of along those those lines Um, but unfortunately he just cannot get over those injuries Matty Fryer which is a real shame because he still I think he only might be 31, 32 now Um, and he would smash him in if, if if we could sign him but unfortunately yeah, he's been restricted to a coaching role
1: So back at that time, I mean, I'm looking through our team and I mean, Julio Byfield, Thornton, Michael Ingham on the bench. I mean, we're really going back. We're talking 14 years ago. There's a lot has changed at Sunderland as I think we all know. Um, But Walsall, we're now 14 years down the line from that day. Um, What's changed? Because you started the season quite well, but you've dropped a little bit, haven't you?
0: Um, so in terms of this season, yeah, started, um started um, incredibly well. I mean, way, way better than anyone expected. Um, I mean, it was obviously struggled last year, um, narrowly avoided the drop. Um, and then this season, the day before the Plymouth game, the day before the opening day, they only had one centre-back on, on the books. Um, and they sort of, it, literally 24 hours before kick-off, it was before that noon deadline, they managed to bring three players in. Um, of which one of them was a centre-back called Jack Fitzwater. who was actually on loan with the Saddlers last season from Albion. Um, but was, the season, I mean, they, they were unbeaten in their first seven games and they, they were so good, it was ridiculous. I mean, everyone got a little bit carried away and you couldn't help it really because they've got... Dean Keats came in last season, the manager, and he set them in this 4-4-2 formation, just a very, very traditional 4-4-2, everything you'd expect, two flying wingers, a a target man and a a quick striker, sort of a holding midfielder and a box-to-box midfielder, everything like you'd expect from a 4-4-2. And they were just so well organised and so well drilled. Um, Just everyone knows their job to a T. It it really was a joy to watch. Um, And it, Every, the performance is honestly that good. I mean, everyone was getting carried away. The players started doing a thing where, because they were the bookmakers' favourites to go down, really, before a ball had been kicked. And the players started doing this hashtag dreamers thing um, where they were sort of dreaming that they could go up. And it's it's 20 years ago that Walsall went up ahead of Man City and Fulham. Um, so there was all this momentum building around them. And, and it was just a feel good factor and then it did sort of dip off and it's just a combination of factors really the first one the the main one is the entire team is really really young and if they aren't young they're very inexperienced at this level um so like for example the three or four players we signed in the summer um were all in non-league last year or 18 months ago um some of the players who, a couple have come from Scotland as well. They came a year ago. They're in their second season in League One. But no one has got really sort of 50, 60 games in League One in the group. And and the vast majority of the team are playing in it for the first time this season. So they're finding their way a little bit. And that's why they're young. They're in, and because of that, they've been a bit inconsistent. They lost their way a little bit. A few decisions went against them they've got an horrific, a horrific record for conceding penalties at home in the last, I think it's five they've given away at home in the last six games. Jesus, um, that's good news I'm, for us. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it is. But they they just they just lost their way a little bit. And because decisions were going against them where they were having a little bit of luck in the season, they weren't getting the rub of the green. Um, and because they are a young group, their, their heads did drop a little bit. Um, but... The good news is that they started. They've started to pick up again now. They've sort of come. Hopefully, they've come through that that dodgy patch. They got a, a real crucial FA Cup victory over Coventry because they they lost two games at home running up to that game. It was it was Bert and Albion first who were really good on on the day, and then Coventry who sort of beat them quite comfortably. Really, um, so the place was a little bit down after that, but they they got back on track against Coventry. And then yeah, and then that, that then last weekend they were they they were um, they were much much more like themselves as well. Um, it was Fleetwood, wasn't it? Because Fleetwood,
1: they, I mean, obviously they've tailed off a little bit as well. But I think Fleetwood were one of the teams that actually have impressed us this season. I mean, not 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 that we're the Oracle of League One, but obviously with we've, we've only lost one game this season in terms of league matches. But um, Fleetwood Fleetwood were a good side, and that was away from home. And it was you, you kept a clean sheet, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. First, clean, it, was four, it was the fourth clean sheet of the season. That has been an issue. I think before the Fleetwood game, Walsall had conceded two goals or more in seven straight games. I mean, incredibly, they had won a couple of them, but obviously, you're not going to win games if you have to score three every week. But at the start of the season, they were so tight defensively, and that—that's what they lost. It was, just, it, and it's all down to confidence and belief with them. It's just because they're so talented. This it is such a good team. They're all, and they're all really good lads. It's just this belief, and when they just need to keep that momentum going, really. So, Fleetwood and Coventry were much more like we saw at the start of the season they were so disciplined and so well organized at Fleetwood and they had a little rub of the green as well and it looks like now sort of I spoke to the manager Dean Keats about all the data they look at sort of in terms of how much distances they cover and bits and bobs like that and the last two games they've been back at the, the levels they were at when they were on such good form so there's sort of a di- direct correlation there so they believe they're getting back to their best and at their best, they are a very, very good side.
1: I think at the start of the season, you may have had different expectations, which have obviously been raised with that good start. But if you were to be asked at the start of the season, where do you expect or where would you hope to finish? Where do you think most fans would have wanted to be?
0: Well, I think I mean, it comes back to this thing, 24 hours before the start of the season, we had one centre-back. So, I mean, it was just a case of... um, it was. It would have been, at that time, it was survival. And Dean Keats, even now he says the first target for the season is to get to 52 points and then we'll assess it from there. But last year was an absolute disaster. I mean, there's there's no doubt in my mind that the team that finished the season was was in the worst four teams of the season. They had a disastrous January. They signed too many players on loan before the start of last season. A lot yeah. of those left yeah. in January. The players they brought in just weren't good enough. They were nowhere near good enough to replace the ones that had left or that were recalled by the clubs. And they pretty much, well, they, by hook or by crook, they got over the line. But Dean Keats deserves a lot of credit for that because as soon as he came in, they became a lot more organised. The team that stayed up last year, honestly, was a, was a poor side. Keats has made them more organised. He's improved the players that were there and his sign-ins. I think you know sort of every manager has a one or two signings that don't quite work out at this moment in time all his signings in the summer have been really really positive additions
1: and I think it needed to be because if you look through the Warsaw team as well the players that you lost you lost some quite important players I mean the one that sticks out obviously um I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right Oztuma went to Bolton didn't he still he's right in his prime and you got absolutely no money for him was that a Bosman transfer
0: yeah Bosman transfer and that's Wizard of Oz, we called him, and as I think Peterborough fans used to call him the Turkish Messi. I mean, he's <laughs> absolutely lethal from 25 yards, and, and he's he's a wonderful footballer around those an absolutely wonderful footballer, but that is in sort of the pecking order of Walsall. That's sort of the reality of life, really, that they are a stepping stone club that t- players do sign for them with well to build their careers and they know that Walsall will sell them if they get a decent offer or they can put themselves in the shop window and that's exactly what Oztuma did he was I mean if we're being honest for two years he he kept them in league one he was that good Um, but the interesting thing with Oztuma was he is an out and out number 10 so he didn't really fit Keats's system Mm -hmm. so although it was um, I mean it's always a shame to lose a player of that that quality, um, but he thoroughly deserved his championship move. He really did, and and it was probably for the best, really, because in this system, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be as effective. I don't think.
1: I think it was one of those players that a few of us mentioned about coming to the club when we went down. We seen him, or some of us seen him as a player that you know, if he was available, what, why wouldn't we be looking at him? But I feel like his move to Bolton was a bit of a strange one. I think he definitely is deserved it from watching league one from afar which is admittedly what we'd done because we dropped pretty fast I think Os yeah. Timo was one of those players that did stick out but as a club that they're big for that level I think the championship they've been a they were a premiership club for a long time but the financial struggles and the kind of the embargo that they have it seems strange that he would go to Bolton were you surprised that he'd went there as well
0: when, when it was Obviously, he was going to turn down a deal at Walsall, which was always obvious, really. But mm-hmm. I did, I did fancy him to go to Sunderland because I thought you'd be looking at players that are well, those players that are too good for League One, really, that will, will almost guarantee to get you out. And he, he's in that mould, really. He's, he's similar to like when Blackburn bought Bradley Dack, um, a very similar player to Bradley Dack. So if, if I tipped him to go to Sunderland. Um, I think he was, he's desperate to prove himself in the Championship, Oztumer. So I think that's why, I think he just couldn't turn down that championship move. And I'd imagine he's thinking, if he does a the job there, if, if he shines like he can, even if Bolton go down, he'll, he'll probably be picked up again. I mean, if he could get 10, 12 goals from that number 10 role, he could possibly be moving on again. But yeah, I mean, it was a surprise because I think it was only like sort of like a week or two after he left that they first announced they couldn't pay wages and things, Bolton. Um, but I just wonder if they, if for Oz Tuma personally, it was that challenge really. He's always been, I mean, he's only, he is five foot three, he is tiny. And he's always been sort of been told he wouldn't be good, he wouldn't be big enough, he wasn't good enough. He got released by Charlton as a youngster, he dropped into non league with Dulwich Hamlet. And even he did get his move to Peterborough, but he was only sort of in and out at Peterborough, he was only at Walsall where he played every single week. He knew he was going to play every week. And he, he, he was the centre of the team. Walsall were completely set up to get the best out of Aaron tomb and he absolutely delivered. So I just think he was desperate to prove himself at that higher level. And I think, I don't know if many other clubs would have come in for him, you know, so I think Bolton might have been his only choice in the championship.
1: Potentially. It did seem like a strange move at the time and I'm honestly surprised we didn't go for him. But then when you look back, I suppose we've got Honeyman who was obviously given the captaincy. You've got, Maguire that came in as well so I suppose in in hindsight but I definitely agree with you when you said looking for players who were probably a little bit too good for League One I 100% had him on the shopping list as someone I thought we might have looked at but you mentioned about him not fitting into the system now a number 10 totally fits into our system I think but so what is Walsall's system what's Dean Keats what do you set up like you spoke before about a lot of energy especially recently in terms of you know the the miles that they run, and I think there's a lot of teams in this league do this. But are you more possession based, or is it more percentage football? It's
0: hard. It's hard to explain, really. That it's not percentage football. It's um, it's it's so it's just it is the most typical English four four two, obviously. Um, and that it, that has a lot of pluses, and it. So at times they're very um, they're very they're good on the ball. Uh, they're, they're tied in the ball. They move. They move it. They're semi-direct, really. They don't they don't hoof it long. They have got a target yeah. man up front called Andy Cook. Who, if they have to, he can be an outlet. They try not to use him in that way. They they try they try and play through the thirds. They they try and keep it on the deck. They've got a wonderful midfielder in George Dobson who who can drive with, forward with the ball and, and and can spray a pass. They've got two very good wingers, as you'd expect in a four four two. So they like to get the ball wide. Um, the fullbacks of are very attacking. Um, they'll both look to overlap the wingers um, and get crosses into the box, but they are very, very good on the counter attack Walsall. And that that was kind of one of the things that why that that helped them earlier in the campaign. I think they've been sussed out a little bit just how good they are on the break. A lot of teams they they at home. I think a lot of teams were caught out because Warsaw would allow them to come on to them, and I think they felt. The opposition felt they were doing quite well in the game. They had a lot of territory, and then, bang, Walsall would break very, very quickly. They got Zeli Ismail. um, I don't know if you've ever seen him play, but I mean, in terms of talent, used to be a Coventry,
1: I think is that right?
0: Um I don't know if it was common. He's had yeah, he's had so many clubs. It's ridiculous. Um, Villa, but, I
1: think he was at one point as well. I want to see he was at Villa. Maybe I've got that mixed up.
0: He was definitely at Wolves as a youngster, um, and he was actually labelled the hundred million pound player when he was at Wolves. A potential hundred million pound player is a sort of a price tag he's never lived down, really. Um,
1: yeah, he's that's so, pressure.
0: <laughs> that is pressure. Yeah, it was wrong. It shouldn't have been said. It was. It, I think it has weighed on his shoulders a little bit. But in fact, you won't. You, I mean. I've watched League One for four years, and I, I, you won't find a player as talented anywhere else as Elias Ma. The, the problem is he's just so inconsistent. But he's got wonderful ability on the ball for a winger. He, it, he goes past people like they're not there. And on the other side, Josh Chanelli's a winger who's who's really quick and puts in a real shift every week. So Walsall are able to break really, really quickly. I think that did, that did catch a lot of teams out at the start of the season. They'd allow them to sort of get... Thirty-five yards, thirty yards from their goal, and then Warsaw would win it, and they'd be at the other end of the pitch in the blink of an eye. So yeah, that's yeah, they're not, they're not direct. They, they keep the ball. They're just a, they, they can do a li- they can do a little bit of everything. Really, they haven't got one sort of distinct style, but they do like to get get the ball wide as often as possible and, and use their wingers and their overlapping fallbacks.
1: Do you think when it comes to ourselves, who obviously well we lost our win, win and run on Saturday? But eight wins in a row across all competitions—a disappointing performance, but we still managed to pull a, a draw out. And no, almost won it at the end. Do you think that that will play into the mind of Dean Keats, and he'll go and try and hit us on the break, or do you think he could take the game to us? It's, it's your home game. I know a lot of teams don't really care who they're coming up against, and they just want to go for it in this league.
0: I think we will. I, th- I mean, I think we will try and hit you on the counter. To be honest, I mean that. I love Dean Keats. I get on him really well, but I, I, I can never second-guess the guy. He always, whenever I say anything, he honestly does the opposite. And I, I don't know how, because I watch him every single week, but he loves to throw a little spanner into the works. But I think, I, I don't know, you, you. I mean, you tell me, but f- for us and for, I mean, I suppose it's for everyone in League One, as soon as the fixtures list came out, everyone wanted to know when we were playing Sunderland, when we were going to the stadium of light. To me, that would... On your end of things, you must go into games incredibly confident. You must go into games knowing your your division's heavyweights, if you like um, a little. And I would expect Sunderland to come come to Walsall on Saturday with the players you got. I mean, I looked at you, I go through your squad, and it's just there's so many good players there that we can we can roll these over really. Um, And I think that's the one thing that could, if that is the case. I mean, I could be doing you a complete disservice, but. I mean, you could go on, and there's no doubt if you click, you you could win the game. But I do think Walsall would fancy their chances on the break. I'd imagine that's how the game's going. I think they allow you to sort of come onto to them a little bit, and then perhaps pounce um, with their wingers and their, and their and their quick front man.
1: I think you know you, you made the point before, and you don't want to come across as too overconfident because it, it can delve into arrogance. As you, it, it can do. I think yeah, we have expectations of doing well um I would say that the turnaround for ourselves has been really good and really fast I think we I don't know how many fans expected us to be doing as well as we have done because we've only lost one league game this season we had a bit of a sticky patch where we drew against Oxford and Fleetwood Though that I think it made us realize in games like Saturday with it made us realize that we're not just going to be able to to walk into this league and, and win it but yeah I mean there's not a team I necessarily fear in this league. I mean, there was on paper, I'd probably say Portsmouth and Peterborough Um, and, and Peterborough really didn't impress me. And I, I think they've got some of the league's best players in obviously Jason Cummins li- living in Scotland. I've, I've rated Cummins for a while. I think he's been really, really good. And I think um, Madison's an excellent player. Um, mm. But talking of Scotland, I've noticed you've recently signed up Russell Martin.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. When did that happen? Happened a couple of weeks ago. It's probably about a month ago now. And he is very good friends with Dean Keats, um, which is basically the the only reason why we've got him. He was on trial with Albion, West Brom in the Championship, and uh, sort of he was there for quite for quite a while. They really weighed up whether or not they were going to bring him in. And he basically said to Keats that he'd only sign for Walsall in League One. Um, He wanted to stay in the Championship and play. Uh, But if he wasn't going to get that Championship move, he would he would only sign for Walsall. When that, when it was clear that Albion weren't gonna take him on, um, I think wow. I mean, I don't know if you know anything or not, but I was told that. All, well, we did a story on it that basically all the big guns in um, League One came in for him, which would I would assume would be Sunderland, but I, I haven't got that. I haven't got that on record. But he turned them all down. Um, he said he made a promise to Dean Keats, uh, maybe he played with at Peterborough, and he came. He's come in as a player coach. Absolutely. I mean. Smashing bloke, Abs- I mean, I can't. Uh, I've only I've interviewed him twice now. I mean, he's just an absolute dream to deal with. I can't, I can't even put into words how good he is to deal with. He's absolutely fantastic. So switched on. But also, have got a lot of young players, and he's, he spoke to me the other day about how he really wants to give them more belief. Um, that that's the issue with walsall Really, a lot of the lads don't realise how good they are. That I think it's almost. You know what I'm saying there about when Sunderland, yeah, Sunderland like are a big deal. I think if you play for Sunderland, you're going to turn up on Saturday full of confidence. And I think sometimes Walsall players feel, oh, well, we are just little old Walsall, really. Like I think that's held them back in the past. I really do believe that's held them back in the past. And and Russell Martin, when I spoke to him the other day, he sort of he talked about that. And now he wants to give these players more belief because, they're, they're, honestly, they're such good players. Over the last two years, this team compared to the last couple of teams it, it's so much better. They've got so much more potential. And they can really challenge because, to me, League One's bang average. I mean, I, know you, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I
1: agree.
0: Um, it's, it's a dreadful league. I mean, the top four, the top four are going to be the top four. I don't know who's going to be first, second, third or fourth, but they will be. And then the difference between whoever finishes fifth and sixteenth. I mean, all the other teams are just bang average and can beat each other on the day. So it's just this consistency thing and putting a run together. And hopefully the addition of Russell Martin will just give also that little bit more and experience and hopefully sort of push them back at the table.
1: And when you look through your team, you mentioned about obviously the confidence levels. A lot of the teams around 23, 24, they're still young professionals, realistically. And I think having probably someone like Russell Martin's probably going to help that situation. But my concern here is as follows, and this might sound a bit silly and people might laugh at this, but Russell Martin's very experienced. He's been a captain at Norwich. He's played in big games at Rangers. We've got a young boy up top at the moment, Josh Madger, who's scoring freely. If he gets a chance, he puts it in the back of the net. The one concern for me was Josh Madger at the moment, is he still a 19-year-old kid, I don't think he's filled out to the point that he's going to fill out and he hasn't got that strength. And if I was going to give him a slight criticism, it's that I don't think he holds the ball up too well. You know, he, he has still got the traits of being a 19-year-old. And my worry with that is that Russell Martin could absolutely dominate him. So please answer this in the way I want to hear it. Does he look fit as he started coming up match fit? Or does he still look like he's lost a yard of pace? Could we do him with pace as opposed to strength?
0: Um, I can't answer that the way you want me to, I'm afraid. He looks, he's in fantastic <laughs> shape. He really is. Yeah. Uh, I can remember, like, I asked Keats when he signed. I said, is there any, because he, well, I mean, he signed late and he had no pre-season He's come into the I can't, I don't know, I can't, remember, I mean, he's come into the season as well so late. So no preseason and missed the first sort of 12 games of the season, if you like. And Keats sort of like looked at me and he just turned around and said, no, he is the ultimate professional. He's in fantastic shape. So, no, I'm sorry. It's. Got, I can't. I cannot wait. I'm glad you brought it up. I cannot wait to see that tussle. It's going to be absolutely fascinating because, yeah, it's two players completely at opposite ends of their careers, aren't they? I mean, Russell Martin's now a player coach. He's looking to go into coaching and management one day. And this lad, I mean, I think he's been linked with some big clubs, hasn't he, recently? <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, unfortunately for us, I think his, his, his contract's up at the end of the season. And I, I think as far as we're aware, he's been offered a five-year. And I think he will sign it based on the fact that there was another young boy who had more potential at the start of the season than Joel Osorow. He's gone to Swansea and he hasn't really set the world alight. I mean, he's, he's a young boy, but like I think he might be looking at well, he moved. My, my mate moved to a championship club and he's sitting on the bench most weeks, I'm hoping that he looks and, and wants to stay at something, but you can't knock him as a fan because when the chances came, it, it's gone in the back of the net and he's been excellent all season but if there is a criticism of him it, it is his strength and maybe it does worry me a little bit that someone as wily as Russell Martin could just nullify him.
0: Yeah, anything I'd say just on what you said, when, when the chances have come, he's put them in the net, that, that... What the one thing that always strikes me about League One football is the amount of chances that get missed. I mean, guilt edge chances every single week. If you watch, I mean, I've been watching it for years. I mean, you see glorious, you see at least one or two glorious opportunities missed every single week. It, they just do not get missed in the Championship and they certainly don't get missed in the Premier League. And that will get, take you so far. If you've got a striker who you, you genuinely expect to score, a one won. When we, when we finished third a couple of years ago, we should have gone up all, automatically. But um, we had a lad, Tom Bradshaw, who plays for
1: Millwall now. He used to be at Barnsley, I believe. At Barnsley, yeah, yeah. as well. That's right, yeah. He was he so- a new last year.
0: <laughs> oh, didn't he? No, yeah, yeah
1: he, he murdered us. We got beat 3-0 down at Oakwell and he absolutely murdered us.
0: He just sticks the ball in the back of the net. Like, hes he was at Walsall for two years, 20 goals both years. And in League One, he will score 20 goals. I mean, I think in a championship, it's obviously dipped a little bit. But if you've got a player in League One who will score 20 goals, I mean, you're in with a massive chance already, already because there's good strikers in the league. But, I mean, you look at, I don't know, for example, like Luton, Danny Hill, and he scores goals in this league. But... I, wow he wow he misses chances as well it's the same for everyone really um, Lyle Taylor at, at Charlton's probably pro the best striker I've seen in the league over the past couple of years but if you've got one striker and that's it's Josh is it Majar is it uh, um,
1: M- And I know that one of the commentators called him Maha the other day which I was, it's definitely not that I think it's Majar we call Mad- him Majar yeah <laughs> Maja. yeah
0: but if he is I mean there's not gonna be many strikers in that league who you are sort of you'd put your mortgage on to, to to score. So if you if he is one of them in that league, then I mean that's gonna put you way ahead of most teams already, right from the off.
1: You can't knock him for a 19-year-old kid. And I think, you know, it's it's just typical of it's it's typical of fans. Once someone starts putting the ball in the back of the net and then they don't do it for a few games, you go, Oh, well, has he lost this? I think unfortunately for us, there'll be a lot of teams higher up the 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 tier who are maybe looking at him and saying the kid's got 11 goals, 10 in the league, he's 19, he's got so much growth and his contract's up in six months. I, I, I do worry a little bit there's going to be people sniffing around him. But one thing I wanted to ask, one thing I always find quite interesting because you, you do get a lot of interesting answers, shall we say, from a Wartell perspective. You said you were looking through our team um, and obviously that for League One that there is a lot of good players there. I think we, we know that as well. But is there any particular like trio of players or any particular one player that you think could be Walsall's undoing on Saturday?
0: Is Max Power available?
1: Yes, he's back from suspension. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I mean, I've what it's. He's one of those players, isn't he? That's like, like we were saying at the start. Like he's, or probably he's too good for League One, isn't he? And maybe the the, yeah. the, the out, maybe on the Championship. But I mean, whenever I whenever I've seen him play for over the last couple of years, he's just been absolutely fantastic. Um, real box-to-box, midfield, everything you want in a midfielder, really, in League One. Um, I think he's fantastic. I like Honeyman. I think he's a good player whenever I've seen him play. Um, and you've got
1: Jerome Sinclair, haven't you? How's he getting on? Jerome Sinclair is a source of great frustration because if you look at Josh Madger, one thing Josh Madger does is he puts the ball in the back of the net, which is what you want. Jerome Sinclair does everything else apart from that. He really? just can't seem to put the ball in the back of the net, but he he runs the channels. We there's an argument to say we play better when Jerome Sinclair's in the team. However, Saturday for me brought home why we shouldn't play Jerome Sinclair. There's an argument we should play both, um, but it's funny you said Honeyman because Honeyman is probably the most divisive player in our entire side. I I like him. I really like him personally, George Honeyman. I think. Um, is a number 10 definitely his best position he maybe suffers a little bit from being able to play in central midfield on the wing and is a number 10 but um most definitely i think george honeyman really really is one of our better players but max power um the frustrating thing with max power is i think what we have started noticing is that you can see why he's never gone past league one the blokes absolutely nuts. He's been sent off twice already this season. <laughs> he's been suspended for more games than he's been available. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> it's just been stupid things. Like when he came into the team, he he scored on his debut, I think, uh, or he scored on his his his, his home debut against um, Scunthorpe. He scored a long ranger in the in the w- the midweek of that against uh, Gillingham, and everyone's like, "Who's this guy? He Looks great!" And he was playing alongside mole and playing really really well. Um, and then he got sent off against Oxford for some people say it was debatable. For me, it was a red card. Um, in this day and age, it was a red card. It was a, it was mindless. He just chopped the guy down. It was like a professional, not a professional foul, like a um you know, when you just someone's on the break and you just chop them down, it's just cynical. It was just it was a yellow card five years ago, unfortunately, a red card. But then yeah. a, he came back after one game and he just kicked out with this player from from Bradford, just booted him. And the most disappointing thing was he missed didn't even get a good connection on it um, and with it being his second red card he got I think he's been suspended for nine games this season so wow but when he plays he is good and and I think he came on on Saturday against Wickham and we conceded but then we also scored when he was on the pitch and he placed Dylan McGiock who is probably on paper was our star signing in the summer and he's he's someone that's just in my opinion I, he's failed to convince and I think there's a lot of people in that boat I think so I think Max Power might be back in the side on Saturday and I certainly would prefer Max Power to be there but Max Power I'd agree is too good for League One I think the reason he's not good enough for the championship is he, uh, the guy's obviously nuts but we love him he's a funny guy he's <laughs> quite a funny bloke typical scouser you know what I mean
0: I'm surprised didn't he captain Wigan That's yeah
1: like... he was captain yeah
0: Yeah. so I'm surprised that I'm surprised he's
1: lost his head in that way really he captained us and got sent off twice. So I um, don't know if that will happen again. But we're signing him permanently in January, I, I believe. But um, what's your prediction for Saturday?
0: All right. Walsall have got a very, very good record. Again, uh, upsetting the apple cart. Um, so when Sheffield United romped to the league um, a couple of years ago, they beat them three times. Um, Walsall did. Um, and I, I just think, I think we're on an upward trajectory. I think... It's it's our it's a it's it's just the biggest game of the season for us really. It's going to be the banks is the best Got stadium is going to be absolutely rocking. Your quality does does scare me. Um, I can't see you not scoring. Um, but I I
1: fancy Walsall to get something, so I'm going to say one one. And this is a first, right? This is definitely your first. But I'm going to agree with you on that. I don't okay. think i have done that all season. I don't know why. I think it I said one one on Saturday and it wasn't that I was underconfident. I just think realistically we're not going to win every game. And I think there's gonna be periods where we have a sticky point and I think we might go through a little bit of a one. I think it's making sure that your defeats are minimal when you're going through that period. And I think I think Walters are a good team. I think they'll match us on energy and I think our fitness levels have been a big a big, big plus for us this year. We we've had that extra in the last twenty when other League One teams haven't. But you've got a lot of young lads who are like twenty four, twenty five that are going to match us for energy potentially. You've kind of came a little bit back into form, and you're at home. So I'm going to say one one as well.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, I mean that for Walsall, I mean that that would be a fantastic result. I mean it's it's Sunderland on Saturday and then Portsmouth on Tuesday. So the next two fixtures, and then Sunderland again, obviously. So. The next three fixtures couldn't be much tougher. So I think if we can get, even took back-to-back points, that would be good, wouldn't it? Sunderland and Portsmouth, I think we take that now. and That would be a good run for us.
1: I think, I think we'd let you have a point on Saturday as long as you beat Portsmouth on the Tuesday. How does that sound?
0: Yeah, more than happy with that. Yeah, we could do you a big favour, <laughs> couldn't we?
1: <laughs> yes, you could. But um, thanks for coming on, mate. Really appreciate that. It was a good chat. I feel like I always, I always enjoy this because we've dropped so fast everything's new to us and we love it because we're winning every week. I take this any, I, I never want to leave League One. I think it's great. <laughs> um, but, you know, if we keep doing well, we're going to have to. But um I really enjoyed the chat and I'm-, I'm sure I'll be speaking to you next week and we can discuss it further, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that'd be really good. Yeah, we can dissect it, can't we, heading into the second game. that will be brilliant.
1: I think it will be good to catch up because we can chat about the match and we can chat about the match to come which will be your first I'm not sure how much the viewers are like it but as long as I enjoy it that's what matters most uh, right also
0: matters. it's a short podcast <laughs> isn't it
1: <laughs> exactly well it's, it's my podcast I, I run this one you know yeah, either join where you don't but thanks for popping on mate I hope you have a horrible Saturday I'm down on Saturday <laughs> um I hadn't seen this win for a long long time at home I, I broke that duck this season same with the way broke that duck at Shrewsbury so if my record keeps going the way it's going, you're gonna have a bad Saturday. But, you know, as I said, I'm I'm not hundred percent confident.
0: Nah, we we'll be all right, mate. Don't you worry about us. I think we might we're gonna surprise, we're gonna surprise a few people. Safe well, journey
1: down. Well, don't surprise us on Saturday. Just leave the surprises till Portsmouth, all right? And we'll 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 remain friends and you might get a pint if you're lucky, all right? okay. I look forward to that. Thank you very much. <laughs> no problem. You have a good rest of the night, mate, and see you on Saturday. <laughs> so extra podcast Um, I feel like all I do is bloody podcast at the minute but I do enjoy it I do have fun with it it's not the worst thing in the world it's good chatting about Sunderland especially when we're doing well I love chatting Sunderland I'm at the match on Saturday Um, I believe we're sold out again but there is a lot of spare tickets going on the Roka report ticket finder please snap them up get behind the lads let's get another three points on the road let's get out of this wonderful, wonderful league that I'm loving more than I ever thought I would. Um, but we need to get out of it and then we need to get back to the championship and then hopefully at some point back to the, the premiership. Because that has to be the aim, right? I know we all love League One, but whatever. By this point, I think you'll have heard the Kevin Richardson interview. I hope you enjoyed that as well. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it's probably my favourite interview as well. And I really enjoyed today's with Joe. Um, I do want to get him back next week. I'm sorry if that's... Obvious, and I'm doing the same interview two weeks in a row. Please don't be shy at coming forward with your opinions on. The podcast on the extra pod and what i can do to improve it for you and what i'm doing that you're enjoying because as some of you have noted i do take feedback but uh thanks for checking in again all the way saturday uh i fancy a draw but let's hope i'm wrong when we get three points thanks for checking in it's been Graham. it's been the report extra podcast you've been uh lovely lovely audience thanks for listening bye